Moms. We're two modern mamas with a goal to inspire empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, and joy, no matter your journey, gender, or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder. And I'm Jess of Hold the Space Wellness. I'm a level one CrossFit trainer, a licensed and certified athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology and mama to Baron Camille. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Mamas podcast. I am coming from you or coming to you from my bedroom, actually sitting on the floor with my computer on my bed because real life husband has baby out in the living room. Um, and what I love, especially about this episode, is that I am coming to you with a very special friend of mine who also has a baby and who gets it. So we are recording what your little one is down now. Yes, and finally. is out in the living room uh, with husband as they prepare dinner, and this is real life. It's end of the day, and we are getting it done when we can because that is just how things are these days. So We're, we're committed. We are committed, and we are happy, and we are doing what we love, but it's yeah. not always easy. So yeah. that's the reality of it all, and yeah. I feel like a lot of you out there listening get that because this is the Modern Mamas podcast, and either maybe you have a baby or you want one someday. Um, so yeah, this is what it's like sometimes. And that is great. <laughs> so without further ado, I feel like I should introduce you officially. Um, guys, this is Noelle and she's on our podcast for the second time now. And it's such an honor and a treat to have her on. Um, Noelle is a nutritional therapy practitioner certified by the nutritional therapy association and a national strength and conditioning association certified personal trainer. Her kettlebell training comes from strong first, and she's passionate about helping people become strong from home. She's also the writer behind all the posts you'll find on her site, and she's the voice behind the incredibly entertaining and fast-growing health and fitness podcast, The Well-Fed Women Podcast. She has a degree in public relations and marketing, and in her former life, she served as marketing director for various multi-location retail companies in the running, in the running industry, which I'm excited to dive a little bit more into. Um, and she worked with establishments like SemperFit, and which is uh, affiliated with the United States Marine Corps, corporate health departments, and various medical facilities to do on-site presentations and training. She's also acted as a race creator and director, triathlon club starter, and coach. And being in the business of running shoes, she's touched a ton of feet in her lifetime. <laughs> to add to that arsenal, Noelle is also Mama to Stella and now official author to the recently published book, Coconuts and Kettlebells. And we are so excited to have you on. Thank you. Yeah. Ultimately, I just wanted to have you on so I could talk with you for an hour. Yeah, we need we need to catch up. <laughs> I know we had like a it's good Marco Polo thing going, and then life, man, it just and then life. It gets crazy. Yeah, I feel terrible about that. I feel like everybody Marco Polos me now, and I'm like, <laughs> I can't. I have to be so like focused, and yes. it's exhausting sometimes, but also mm-hmm. really, really fun. Like I don't love having downtime, and I think that that's what is a main characteristic of people who own their own business is like, they they always are, are, they love to have their time filled and they, they always are thinking of new things and want to be creative. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's a byproduct of, you know, being this type of personality, but I think, you know, a lot of cool things have been happening with my business. And so it's been totally just an incredible year to balance that with, 
you know, a baby. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I watch the things you do. And, so, and I feel like I have so much on my plate and I same kind of yeah. situation where I'm creating. And, and now I'm like texting you like, Hey, I think I want to write a book because you are such an inspiration to me. <laughs> yeah. I just see you and you do so much and you do it all. And like, we're about to get on this call and you're getting your baby down to sleep. And now we're recording and I'm just <sighs> consistently inspired by you. So thank you for that. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I, you know, it's not much. I just, I just do what makes me happy. And I think that, you know, we all have that. We all look mm-hmm. to other people and say like, oh, I want to be like her. And I, or, you know, in terms of like, oh, wow, she's doing it all. It's, she's so productive. And I have to be really careful and I have to be honest. Like, I'm actually really not. I really <laughs> only work, you know, two hours a day maximum because that's, you know, nap times. And mm-hmm. that's what I have to work with. And so really this year I've really had to focus on, and this is a really great mompreneur advice is you have to be efficient with your time and you cannot be a perfectionist. You have to be able to hit publish when something is good enough right. and stop spending all of this extra time on making something perfect when it does not matter if it's good enough or perfect. Well, some perfect is all relative too. Like your it perfect is, totally is relative. someone else's perfect. Yeah. And, and it, you know, I want things to be up to my standard and that's important, but there was a level of, I would spend, you know, a lot of my time, at least an hour or two a day trying to like over tweak things and it just wasn't worth it. And so now as trying to grow my business and do things like write books and all the things, like I have to be really focused on what can I outsource and what are the things that I need to spend all my time on? So Yeah, that's cool. And so it's the Thanks. part of the learning journey, no doubt. And no doubt also that I will be checking in with you quite frequently in the coming <laughs> months and years because uh, you've done it. Books. And it's amazing to see you on the because other side. I, and the book is incredible. Yeah. It's gorgeous. And it's mm-hmm. insightful. And it's everything that I could want in a book. It's got recipes. And so I'm sure we're going to dive into that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's do a that. ton. Um, but if you guys haven't already heard episode, our first episode in the well, that was number 17 and we both had very little babies at the time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Evie <laughs> made a guest appearance and we talked about her yes. or something in there, but, um, yes. before we dive into the book and life and mo- motherhood and all that, my question for you today is what has been your favorite thing about having a one ish year old, um, in the mm-hmm. summer? Oh man. Cause we had newborns Easy. in the it's, summer. So what is yeah, it now that and it she's was, one? It was so boring. Um, <laughs> right. yeah, now it's so fun. I am having so much fun with her. One of the things that we have decided to do is like take, so this era that we live in, I live in Northern Virginia. It's a suburb of DC. And for some reason, this area loves the splash parks. Now, oh. maybe this is a, this is a, nationwide thing, (laughs) but I didn't grow up with that. And in Philly, they did not have any. And like, we've had, we literally have probably 20 to 30 different splash parks. And there's this, this area is really great about neighborhood parks and stuff like that. So we have loved going to splash parks. They're usually like in town centers that have really great places to eat and shop and stuff like that. So it's kind of a cool thing to do where you take your kids to the splash park and, you know, it's just basically like a, like a, um, a free, you know, whatever fountain, a glorified fountain where kids yeah. can run in and out we of. And they paying for stuff like that when I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this is like totally free. And I think that it's something new that this area is doing. So we've probably been to like four or five different splash parks. We're going to one again this weekend. And my kid just loves the water, loves, loves, loves it. So we've been doing a lot. I haven't 
ventured into the swim area yet. I don't quite feel comfortable with that. We did go on vacation and we took her in the pool and we had this wonderful little like baby thing that she sat in and that was great. But she really loves kind of running around and splashing in the sprinkler. And so that has been so fun. We've had so much fun just watching the joy on her face. Yeah, it's so cool. We'll expect a two-year-old Evie and uh, and her family to come visit you next summer. Because we're actually heading out that way for my brother's wedding. And so I cannot wait to see those two together. I have to ask you, what has been your favorite thing about having a 14-month-old in the summer? Camping. Honestly, we are Mm -hmm. just so obsessed. It's so fun to see. She sleeps better than ever when she's had a day outside and she loves dirt and she loves trees and she loves crawling around in it and climbing rocks and she's never happier. And I love, for me, like my most fond memories are of childhood um, camping trips. And so to be able to see her doing that, like my earliest memories are from camping. And so I feel, I feel like it's kind of fun to pass that on. And, um, we just went to, we spent a night in the Santa Cruz mountains, which is, was like 25 minutes from us, but it felt like we were, you know, light years away and it was so magical. So the more we can get out there, the better. It's so fun. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. She's not walking yet. So it's very extra dirty because she's like, yeah, in it. Um, yeah, I didn't, I loved seeing her crawl around, but man, did she like Stella got so So dirty dirty. and all of her clothes did too, because Mm -hmm. she would do a lot of belly crawling. So it was like her knees were dirty. Her chest was dirty. And because we have two dogs like you and, uh, (laughs) lots of red dirt comes in the house. And so she'd be like sliding all over it. So I was like back trying to vacuum and mop every day. And then I'd be like spraying her clothes and yeah. Cause it was like, that was more when it was still a little chilly here. So it was just like, Oh, so I do love, I mean, she still is a mess. Kids are a mess, but then that's fine. But man, that was a, that was a little bit of a tough time. There's going to be a whole section of clothes that we, I have like a box I'm putting away stuff that I really love for number two. Yeah. And I'm like, there's a whole like few months where there's no, there's no hand-me-downs because they're just destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that's the joy of it. And that's why we love Burt's Bees and, uh, yeah. Yeah, And their sales. Yeah. And the sales. (laughs) So good. Oh, I love it. Okay, cool. Well, I want to dive in a little bit to, just in case someone's just tuning in for the first time, a little bit about your background. How did you end up being, uh, becoming a, such an authority, such a, such an impactful voice for women in fitness and nutrition? Um, where, what got you here? Yeah. Well, I will say first and foremost, I've always had the gift of gab. So I've (laughs) always been a very vocal and just, I've been able to communicate pretty well. I mean, I, uh, I, I, that's what I majored in. And that always was what that was very attractive to me. I actually wanted to be in the news. I wanted to be an anchor, realized how terrible the hours were and then shifted to public relations and communications. And I have always had an opinion. Uh, I've been an opinionated person. And so all of the things kind of as I was growing up and, um, of course, like many women, I went on many diets uh, in high school and then it got worse in college. And I had a very disordered relationship with food and with fitness. And I was doing tons of triathlons and running marathons. And it was really all out of trying to keep control, um, And a lot of people say, well, it's all about control. It sometimes is. But you know what? For me, it was all about trying to maintain an image. I wanted to be that girl that was lean and, oh, she ran 18 miles today. And I thought that that made me a better person. And that's where my worth was wrapped up in. And I didn't have any other areas of my life that were out of control. I had a great upbringing. I had a very stable, you know, relationship with my family. I was in a college that I loved. I just really thought, you know, and this was from an early age. 
age, I was, you know, exposed to the idea that it was better to be lean and look like a, like a fitness cover model. Mm -hmm. And that's, that was the Holy grail. That would mean that all the boys would like you. And so that was something, you know, that happened in middle school and in high school. And so that just stuck with me and it was so deeply ingrained and I didn't know how to get out of it. I could see that it was happening. I could see that I was going on this cycle, which in the book we call the shame cycle, which is like you do everything you can to like, but first I could maintain the low calorie and the high, you know, exercise output. Then it turned into my body was starving and it turned into this whole shame cycle thing where I try to like restrict calories and okay, I'm just not going to eat any sugar and uh, I'm just going to, you know, not eat, you know, whatever French fries or hamburgers or whatever. It was just, you know, whatever was the latest diet was saying was quote unquote bad. And then, um, over time I would eventually break or quote unquote fall off the wagon. Mm. And which always happens when you have these, when you believe that food is, is bad or wrong or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. If you're trying to stay on this, this wagon and you believe that, oh, I'm just going to remain perfect forever. You're not. And so, you know, then I would perceive that that was some sort of failure and I would have to, you know, I felt guilt and shame about it. And gosh, I'm, you know, I look, I look so terrible and I'm just so lazy and, you know, all the things that the world loves to tell us, like, you know, oh, you can't keep a workout routine. You can't, you know, maintain your 1200 calorie a day diet. Then you're not, what are you doing with your life? So it was like, I felt terrible about myself. And then I would do the whole thing over again and be like, okay, well now I'm not eating dessert or butter or, you know, and so it just, it just was this cycle that went on for years and years and years. And I finally hit a breaking point and said, I can't do this anymore. And my body also said, I can't do this anymore. So, um, it took a lot of self discovery and just learning about where were these lies coming from. I kept asking myself why and digging deeper. And once I kind of saw what was going on, it was hard not to unsee it. And then I saw it everywhere. I saw women were struggling with it everywhere I looked. And so after I got married and I really felt like I was on the other side of this, I decided to start the blog and really started writing about things and decided to be um, vulnerable and talk about my experiences and immerse myself in a culture that is a more like is about health and is body positive And what does that look like? And what does that even mean? And once I kind of informed myself and became, you know, I understood what, what I, the platform that I had and what I believed in, then I really started <laughs> being a little bit more authoritative on that. And just, you know, talking openly and honestly about it and not being afraid to be vulnerable with that and talking about my past struggles. And, um, you know, that's when we started the podcast. And as you guys know, it's a great way to connect with your community because oh people send in questions, they connect with you, they understand you on a deeper level. And I feel like we've been able to do so much with the podcast. And it's such an honor to have so many people, uh, write into us and say, you know, you've changed my life and I don't take that lightly at all. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't feel like I'm doing much other than just talking, you know, I'm like, well, good Lord. Like, I feel like sometimes I'm uh, like, I have to be very careful. Like, what if I was too harsh? Like I over scrutinize, like, you know, yeah. sometimes my answers and my responses, but really it's what people need to hear. You know, they need to hear like, no, this is, this is wrong. Like you are not, your worth is not in your ability to restrict your calories and how much, how much working out you've done. Like yeah. that's not a real thing. So, you know, I'm pretty passionate about what I think. And, and I think people appreciate that, but now it's just about, helping people and helping women before they get to the point where I was, where I got to, which was literally, I broke, I broke my body. And that's something that I'll never be able to get back. And of course, yes, I've been able to rehab on a, on a much greater level. And I'll, I won't, 
I, I don't regret anything that's happened because it's made me the person that I am today, but I would have loved to have not dealt with all the, you know, back pain and all the stuff that I have had, even, you know, through Stella and after Stella, it's, it's still something that is with me. And so, you know, that's what kind of drives me to hopefully like save people before they get to where I was and, yeah. and they can quickly snap out of it. It's, it's such a mindset issue. So I love yeah. it. And I think authenticity and vulnerability are two of the most powerful powerful traits or, or ways of mm-hmm. existing in this, in this world where yeah. they create, you have this opportunity and to come to that opportunity to help other women with, from a place of authenticity and vulnerability. It's just, it's so incredibly powerful and people can feel that. And, um, I also love that you wouldn't change your trajectory because that's what got you where you are now and to this space and to have this opportunity. And though it probably sucked so much and often maybe still does on occasion, like it got mm-hmm. you here and, and, and the amount of the number of lives you're changing and impacting, it's just, it's incredible. And it's yeah. amazing how much our stories overlap just in terms of like what we did to our bodies and in chronic mm-hmm. pain and then coming out of it and learning and growing and sharing. And I just, I think it's incredible what you're doing. So thank you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you too. I know you guys are doing a lot here too. I think the next phase, and I think that you'll probably agree with this is we've got to be talking about some of these postpartum issues Mm -hmm. that women deal with, whether that's pelvic floor issues, low milk supply, you know, postpartum depression and anxiety. It's stuff that we are not talking about as a community, as uh, you know, as women, we aren't discussing it. And there's so much shame wrapped up in that, whether you take medication or not. And it's like, whether you, how far, you know, did you, did you, did you eat the lactation cookies? Did you drink the milk? Like, you know, we judge women for like their decisions with, about being a mom and, you know, we can give people advice and there's real things that I think we can do to help women. Like, yes, if you have postpartum anxiety, there are things you can do for anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. But by telling women, well, it's really, you know, it could be an iron deficiency or what, you know, blaming it on a nutrient deficiency is like, well, now you're just putting more of the blame on her for struggling with postpartum depression. So I think we need to have really honest questions, like, you know, discussions about what this is, how can our support people in our lives help us through this? And how can we, you know, support moms so that they can get on the other side of this instead of just telling them, well, you should, you sh- are you, you know, have you been eating, uh, you know, enough iron in your diet? You know, it's, yeah, right, it's right, right. I couldn't, so, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And that's something I think about all the time. I've been talking a lot about it and I've actually felt very called to talk more about it and to potentially mm-hmm. put information and support and maybe a seminar or whatever out into the world because, we talk yep. so much about labor and delivery, labor and delivery, yes. labor and delivery. And then it's like, and then you have a life to care for <laughs> and you're I, trying and I, to recover and rehabilitate and take care of your mental state. And it's just, why don't um, we talk more about postpartum? I don't know. And that is the question. I can't tell you how many, oh my gosh, like how many hours and books and all the things that I spent on labor. And mm-hmm. it, it, like, when you look back at your time in labor and, and, you know, our, our children's birth, it's very impactful. And I don't want to downplay that, but it's literally a blip on the mm-hmm. radar of your child and yours relationship in life. And the real struggle, the real, you know, the stuff that I wish I would have read up on and studied right. is what comes after okay. that. And I think that, you know, I do think that this is something that midwives and birthing centers and OBGYNs, I feel like this is something that they should be thinking more about too, especially in this, I don't know, I feel like that we've heard a lot of stories lately. I just, I kind of broke down after I read this last story about a woman taking her life with a four month old Mm -hmm. and it was just a very normal suburban woman 
took her our age, took her life. And it was because she was suffering silently from postpartum depression. And I feel like the more we see these stories, hopefully the mainstream will take a hold of this information and say, instead of doing a first day's home class, let's do a, you know, postpart the your mental health and the postpartum period for support people and moms so that support people know what to look out for and then tell them what are the next steps. Mm-hmm. What do you do when you start feeling like you don't want to wake up and live the next day? Like what and you have so much anxiety you don't want to put your kid down mm-hmm. or you're overestimating the risks of walking out your front door. Like, you know, all the all all those things that are just like, I am paralyzed, but I don't know what to do now. And I don't want, I don't know how to tell this to somebody because sometimes you can tell your support person. Like in my case, if I could tell my husband, like, I'm just feeling so much anxiety. He doesn't know what that means. Cause he's right. never suffered from anxiety. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't know what, he doesn't even know what to look for. So, you know, if we had a class, like let's, let's dedicate like a four hour class to that and what people can look out for. And then what you should do next. Cause right now people are just completely like left in the dark. Right. And then mental health is so stigmatized and people, you know, it's there's shame associated. I am so grateful that I started therapy like two, three years before I got pregnant because I I knew what to do. Like if I was having a hard day, like I had an arsenal, but Mm -hmm. for most women and for most people in general, therapy is considered taboo. Um, you only go to therapy if you're already like broken when ultimately Mm -hmm. we pay someone to coach us in nutrition, we pay someone to coach us in the gym. Why don't we pay someone just as easily to coach our, like our mental state? I just, to me, it doesn't make sense. (laughs) Yeah. I wish that was easier too, because that seems like so far out there too. It's like people are scared to go to the doctor and say, well, I'm suffering from depression or anxiety because they feel like they're just going to be handed a pill. And Mm -hmm. I like, that's my situation too. I'm like, well, I don't like what's that going to do? You know, is that person really going to take me seriously? Does my insurance cover therapy? It's like, you know, all, yeah. all of these questions. So it's, it's a hard thing to jump into. Mm-hmm. And so we just need to make it easier and spell out the steps and help women through that. And mm-hmm. I can tell you the next time that I do this, mm-hmm. which I, you know, you and I both want kid more kids is yeah. it's, it's just going to be different. I'm going to be much more proactive in, in my support, um, and the actions and laying out, you know, this is what this looks like. And this is how I need your support from my husband. And this is what we need to do if, if it, things get, if I break, cause mm-hmm. I broke last time. Well, so I mean, your, your yeah. situation wasn't easy and I'll link to your, I, I just, your, your birth story with Stella. It was a two parter, right? It was. Yeah. It, it was, was a long, it was amazing. <laughs> it was a, yeah. It was, is that crazy it was to a think long that drawn too? out thing? Yeah. I mean, it's it so is. good and it's good for people to hear because it's just, that's yeah. the reality. And, and it, you know, your birth was incredible and everything's incredible, but then like postpartum is hard. And, um, I think the more we talk about it and can be open about it, the, the, the more women will feel connected and supported yeah. and like, they're not alone. I think that's the hardest part. I do. I do too. And especially if you're, I mean, now we're all online, you know, this Mm -hmm. is, and this is, this stems back to just how happy are we in general? Like the more time we spend on social media, typically the less happy we are. And so it gets worse just beyond the whole body image situation. It gets, you know, even in mom world, it's like, you feel so much guilt for your life, not looking perfect. And, um, you know, what, how beautiful your news feed looks. And so everybody's living online now and trying to project a specific life online. And we've just lost connections with people in real life mm-hmm. and we don't have our communities. And a lot of people in CrossFit, you know, that's what's so great about CrossFit is the communities that you build with your box. That's what's great about church. For me, it's like my church community. And the last year when we were in Philly, I, we, we were not established in a church. I wasn't established in a gym. I was a 
established zero places. And so that's what made the postpartum period so hard for me was, you know, I had nobody to lean on really in terms of other moms being supportive. Of course I had my family, but who did not live in the area, but it, you know, I didn't have those other moms to, that could come to the house and say, look, I'm going to hold, hold your kid for an hour while you, you know, run shower or whatever. Hi friends, Laura here with some exciting news. Four Sigmatic has come on as a Modern Mamas podcast sponsor. We are so excited. If you've been following along with my Instagram stories, especially, you've seen that I use this stuff every single morning. The Lion's Mane Elixir is my absolute favorite. I add it to my boosted coffee for an extra boost of brain clarity, productivity, and focus that I genuinely did not experience until I started adding this in every day. They also make other elixirs like Rishi for calming, Cordyceps for an energy boost, and Chaga for an immune boost. Along with those elixirs, they also have really cool blends. I love the Lion's Mane and Coffee blend when I travel because I don't have to worry about getting my hands and lips on high quality coffee. I have it ready to go. All you need is hot water, you mix in the blend and you're set. They have caffeine, caffeine-free options as well, like a chai latte and a turmeric latte for gut health and skin glow, and all, they have all kinds of incredible blends. I cannot recommend enough that you go check out their website, find whatever mushroom blend is, is going to fit with your lifestyle, and give it a try. The awesome folks at Four Sigmatic have offered our listeners, you guys are special, you get 15% off any order. If you go to foursigmatic.com forward slash modern mamas or simply type in modern mamas, all lowercase, all one word at checkout, you get 15% off. Check it out, see what fits your life, and happy shrooming. Ever. So that, mm-hmm. you know. And I, t- I will say time and time again, for me, one of the things that made my postpartum experience really great, because it was, and I, I feel grateful for that, is that I yeah. had that tribe. People were bringing us food like daily. And if they, we wanted them to come yeah. in, they would come in and just sit and chat. Or if we needed space, they would just drop it off. And ultimately, like the social aspect for me, of, and especially because a lot of our friends are parents. And so they got it. So I could just like verbally vomit on them and they would understand and look at me from a place of like, I get it. I know what it feels like, you know, (laughs) which is great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's amazing. And gosh, thank you. Like CrossFit because Mm -hmm. like, that's such a like wonderful community. I've never been closer to people than when I was like really established in a great CrossFit. Yeah. And it really helps because like, I didn't have to explain what kind of food to bring people just got yeah, it you yeah. didn't have to you know it's like okay just know like here's yes. yeah, people just get it and especially because that's what I put a lot out on social media and stuff like people know how we eat but we were just so deeply nourished um physically with the food and then also like emotionally and mentally with the people coming over and and giving us their time and being there and so I I just it's one of those things where it's like any any way that a mama can be supported before giving birth to know, like, here's the, mm-hmm. here's some steps to take to, to make sure that you are set up with a support system postpartum, I think it's yeah. huge. So, yeah. And then on top of all that, they're being told to lose weight quickly and right. like, get back to work and they've got to right. fill all these shoes while they have this new life to live or to, to take care of. And also they're recovering from something very, very traumatic on the body. Yeah. That's it's crazy. really, it's really scary. The, the, places that marketers will go Mm. like I mean it's just insane and I get so many questions about like well I'm two months postpartum or 
um, you know, I'm three months postpartum and I, I'm back at work again. And I just, I just have these 20 pounds that won't budge and I'm still tired. Like I feel tired. What's the problem? And I'm like, you just had a baby. That's the problem. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And, yeah. you know, I think I, I, I feel very grateful that I was able to say, I got to check out, you know, I did not, I didn't post on Instagram for, you know, probably mm-hmm. six months. I mean, besides maybe a few things here or there, but like, I literally didn't even have the mental capacity. I wasn't thinking about my body weight, I can tell you, I did not come back into, and I still haven't lost all the quote unquote baby weight and I don't care, but like I didn't actually fit comfortably back in my clothes and my boobs didn't go back down to what they were to where I could fit into my normal bras until almost a year postpartum. And we have these women who believe because of what they've been told via diets and and fitness programs that are all about getting your baby, you know, at your post baby body back that, that they think that they should be back into like their normal lifestyle 12 weeks after they've had a child still when they have a newborn. And I'm like, you just, that child just got here. You just went through a very traumatic thing. A lot of women have C-sections, which is major surgery. You know, it's like you, or you got this baby that literally went down through your vagina and your pelvic floor is now wrecked. Like you think you should be able to run five miles. Like I don't where like, and so it's not their fault. It's not women's fault that they feel this way, but that is what is the general, like, the idea that, that, and I, so I'm thankful that I didn't have that pressure and I had come out of a lot of those, um, that diet culture really yes. before I had Stella. And I mean, years before I had Stella, that, that was, I think one of the best things that I could have done for my health too. So that was nice to be like, that wasn't a part of the, like, if I had that on top of everything else God. I was struggling with, like I would have And I think about like the, where I ended up and I, you know, I say like I did it to my body, but it was a product of a lot of things where like, I just kind of worked myself into the ground mentally and physically and nutritionally. And, uh, so I didn't have fertility and in a way, like I am so grateful for that because if I had gotten pregnant, even just two years earlier, it wouldn't have been the same experience, not even close. So it took the headspace work and the physical work and the nutrition to, and just like mm. the self-love to even come to a place where I could physically have a baby, let alone emotionally or mentally um, right. go through that process. Right. The, our yeah, bodies are wise because oftentimes when we're not in a mental place to have a baby, uh, our bodies kind of follow suit. <laughs> At least mine yeah. did. It was totally like, nope, true. you're not ready for yep. this. <laughs> yep. That's part of the, that's part of the process. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I love it. And I feel like it's going to your book because I just, I want to make sure that we talk about it because I'm, I'm obsessed. I'm currently open to like the the butter, mm-hmm. the butter lovers, uh, meal plans, which is right yeah. up my alley. Um, yeah. I feel like, I mean, it's definitely a book for anybody, but also yeah. very much, I think a really amazing tool for someone who is postpartum just because yeah. it's very empowering just in the way that it's written. And then also it gives, it's a great resource for people who are like, I need some sort of guidance because I sometimes postpartum, it's like, I know for me, the first two weeks I couldn't eat enough. I was just ravenous. Mm. And then you come out of that and then like hormones are balancing and you're like, okay, I would love some sort of a guide. And I think that you've yeah. done a great job in that and that it's, there's nutrition and, um, and fitness, but it's all really fully encompassing in that it also takes in the mindset piece and like the self-love and the body love, like meeting yourself wherever you are. And I think that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of a big thing for me is I wanted to create a plan for people that was, that could be, so I'm sick of the whole one size fits all and Mm -hmm. the cut your calories and all that kind of stuff. And so we really, we based the book on, 
uh, nutrition education. So like, what is a new, like, what do nutrient dense foods look like and what foods could potentially not be so great for you? And so with that as the base, now we get to talk about, Hey, what, what ratio of macronutrients do you want to eat? Do you want to eat more carbohydrate or do you want to eat more fat? And if you're breastfeeding, especially in those first few weeks, trying to, you know, get your supply up and you're just trying to make it in life, you know, your calories need to be up and your carbohydrates need to be up. If you're doing really high intensity training, you're going to need to eat more carbohydrate. And so if you have had, if you have blood sugar issues or you, you know, you're really struggling with hypoglycemia or, um, metabolic disease, those are really situations where you could start out. We recommend starting out with a high fat diet. And because people need, that was the problem. It's like, we wanted to create guidelines for people, but have them be applicable to everybody, Mm -hmm. but they needed to be guidelines. You know, they, people need direction. And so that's kind of what we said in the book essentially was, Here's some great information about food and nutrient density. And with that, let's figure out if you would do better eating more carbohydrate or more fat. And here's some guidelines and, and some starting points that will help you figure out which is best for you. And, um, you know, we do cover a lot of mindset stuff. And that that's what was really important to me was to just not get people stuck into I've got to follow this forever because we do have a program that's in an elimination diet. It's called the four by four and you just remove four foods for four weeks and reintroduce them. And it wasn't, you know, I think we have so many people that get stuck on the whole 30 mentality it was like, oh, I will, I'm whole 60 and I'm whole 90. And you know, it's like, I'm whole, whole 30 for, yeah, I've been <laughs> whole 30 for two years. And I'm like, that's not what they intended this to be. Right. But yeah. And so it's like, people found like, oh, I'm better if I can do this for longer. And so we were, it was really important to me to say, look, this is something you do intentionally and not for beyond the four weeks. And this is how you live beyond the four weeks and how you experiment and figure out what foods are right for you. Like this is the, this is the way to health now. Mm -hmm. And we do talk about how weight is not a part of that, how you can be a variety of weights and be healthy. And, um, we do give guidelines for people who are pregnant or breastfeeding in terms of like, you need to meet this minimum caloric, (laughs) this caloric minimum, um, as, as opposed, uh, as opposed to setting these maximums, like, oh, you can't go over this amount. We're like, well, you have to reach this amount. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, lots, lots of recipes and there's a fitness program. It's not specific to, um, postpartum conditions or pregnancy, but there's a lot of movements in there that are very basic. It's body weight stuff and then kettlebell stuff. And I tried to make it really beginner friendly. So it is, it's really the podcast in book form and it's really just to help people, you know, create a plan, live, live their life in a way that is, set up and conducive to what they're doing as opposed to people trying to make their life fit into somebody else's rules and regulations. Yes. I love it. It's a tool to empower women or men. I'm sure there's plenty of men who love it too, but to, but probably mostly women to, um, then go into the world and to live their lives and their fitness or their nutrition empowered. You give them the information and then we get to decide what to do with it. And I think that is the most powerful thing. It's like, Hey, here's some guidelines that are ultimately going to hopefully help you eat more intuitively. You try the different things, you eliminate some stuff just for a short period of time, see what works for your unique body and then live your life with that way with these general guidelines, because ultimately we should be living in like a rhythm, not super restrictive because that's, not fun and it's not <laughs> feasible for the long term either. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we, we, as moms, we have this attitude with our kids. Like we understand that our kid is unlike other kids. Mm-hmm. And so what works for our kid may not work for other kids. Right. Like case in point, like 
sleeping places and like you know, just like basic stuff like mm-hmm. asleep food you know play dates do people did your kid like water not does your kid eat this and so we understand there's kids learn different ways kids respond to different discipline and I think that um you know we we can see that so clearly with our kids and especially if you have multiple kids I think you can see you know like I had a sibling and she was so different from me and my parents had to parent me me completely different from how they parented my very wonderful, you know, sister who did everything right and was just very compliant as as opposed (laughs) to me who was not. Um, So it was just like, you can see that when you have different kids, but for some reason we can't see that when we are looking at ourselves. Mm -hmm. We think that, well, this works for somebody over here, so it should work for me. And why can't I maintain that level of working out? And why don't I, I should, well, I guess I should be doing, you know, that sort of training and, but I don't really want to, but gosh, they're so good they do. It's like, no, right. it, not, not at all. Man. Yeah. Awful. Yeah, yeah. I feel the same way. It's like, we are, we, we, we're mama bears and we are so fiercely protective and we love our children so fiercely, but somewhere along the line, we were kind of like taught that we can't love ourselves that same way. And it just, to me, like we are so better able to love our children if we just love on ourselves a little bit harder and totally they, they mirror, like they watch, I watch Evie stare at me and repeat what I do. And I'm like, if I am standing in front of the mirror saying, or pin like pinching this or saying this or whatever about myself, like she oh, is gosh. soaking yeah. that in. And so I, I'll tell you, like for me, postpartum, I've never loved myself harder than I have since I had <laughs> my daughter. And I think it's just cause I'm proud of what I've created and what my body's done. Um, but it's not always like, it's not always that easy. And, and I also feel grateful for this podcast and for this, the community and the support and everything. I feel like I'm in a very unique, special situation. And so, um, the more we mm-hmm. can just spread that, um, and empower women to, you know, love themselves ultimately, yeah. the better off let, everyone will be. Let me just say that loving yourself doesn't look like a bubble bath or, no. you know, whatever. It means doing what's right for you and your family as a unit. And so if that means not doing, like, I think that a lot, we get so wrapped up in, well, what's best for the kids? And I'll be straight up with you. You know, there are days when I don't know what to do with my kid. And so I have put her in the crib and she has cried and I've had to walk out, you know, and like that's taking care of myself is taking five or 10 minutes to chill out. And, you know, that was hard for me in the beginning because my kid had colic and would scream all the time. And so if I felt myself getting to a point where I was going to lose it, I would put her in a crib and walk out and just, just chill for a second and take a few deep breaths for some women. I know a lot of women who've really struggled with low milk supply and have done absolutely everything they can loving themselves was introducing formula formula and stop, Mm -hmm. you know, surrounding their whole time with, well, nurse, then pump, then fill in with formula and just saying, you know what, I'm going to nurse as much as I can. And when that dries up, I'm just going to go to formula. I have some NTPs, some, some actual, you know, nutrition focused, holistic friends who have really struggled with this because they feel so much shame about not being able to breastfeed. And people are like, well, did you, did you try this lactation cookie? And they're like, it's not, no, like, it's not that. And the cookie is not the answer. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's like, you know, sometimes that is integrating formula in a, Mm -hmm. in an intentional and thoughtful way. And, you know, of course, maybe you try donor milk and stuff like that, which I know a lot of my friends have tried that, but it's, it's taking care of your family as a unit and making sure that you you don't lose your mind, Mm -hmm. you know, and you don't, you let go of the shame and the judgment and the guilt because you know, you're making the best decision 
for your family. Yeah, so I couldn't agree more. Yeah. It's, it's incredible what comes from a little bit of self-love. I, I was just, I actually gave a talk this other week at this local, like, um, female entrepreneur meetup about how sometimes the most important self-love comes when you, when like things are the hardest, because that's when it's hardest to love ourselves. But like giving yourself a bubble bath when you have a nanny or for a sitter for the night or whatever, like going out to a nice dinner, that feels really good. And that's, it's easy when you have the opportunity, but sometimes in the thick of it, like the hardest thing to do is the, is like leaving your kid for 10 minutes so you can go chill out and then come back as a better mom. Like that might not be the easiest thing to do, but sometimes it is the way that you can best love yourself in that moment. And that's, it's just hard to recognize that. True. It is, especially when you're in the thick of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I, I think you've probably opened up about this. You struggle with anxiety. I, I think Jess does. Or do yeah, you? and so Jess definitely she had Jess really really struggled with uh, postpartum anxiety and depression, okay, especially okay. with Bear. And for me, we're just going through like a very very hefty transition right now, and so um, and it's stuff that I've been like kind of sharing bits and pieces about, but ultimately mm-hmm. like I I feel grateful for the tools that I've gained from their years of therapy and. Um, my husband's super on board. He's come to sessions with me, so he knows how to support me through it. But yeah, in yeah. My, my past life especially, like before I really started see- seeking out therapy and practicing mindfulness and loving myself more, I was so anxiety prone, um, like pre-pregnancy. Mm. I've, I've been in yeah. a much better mental state post-baby than I was at before, like like two or three years before. For us, it took like quitting jobs or for Rusty quitting his job for me working remotely and moving to another state and like living in the trees basically for a year for me to like really come back and like figure out who I was and, and find that piece. Um, but yeah, I think I've definitely had my anxiety ridden years and it's amazing you know, and and still it'll come, but now I'm like, I feel it and I know it and I know it's okay to feel those feelings and to like Mm. cry if I need to, and to just embrace it and then like let it pass through me. And that's been one of the most powerful things. And ultimately like, perspective shifting. Like if I feel the things, yeah. it's like sitting with it for a minute versus like pushing it out. And the old me would just be like, no, 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 no. I don't have time for this. Like I've got to go do this, this, and this and very a type. And so now it's just like, okay, I'm going to sit here with it for a minute. And that's been very powerful for me. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, it's one of those things that's, it's, it's for a lot of people becomes worse. It seems like you've been very intentional with making sure that you, um, well, you took care of it before you had a baby, which I think is the, the takeaway Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is like, do the things before so that, because it, it would, it will only get worse if you don't. Um, and so for a lot, and it seems like a lot of the things that we need to do to help anxiety actually kind of heighten the anxiety, like going to a therapist is not usually like, Oh, this is going to be so great. Like you kind of, it's like, Oh gosh, what if we, you know, kind of is like, um, brings us more mm-hmm. anxiety. I got to feel it, the things the end, and it's hard to feel the things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in the end it, it really allows you to, to cope with it better, but also to have mindfulness around it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And then to like shift the perspective on food. And I think that's one thing that they booked does too. It's like food is for so many women, especially postpartum, when your body is not what you're used to, all of a sudden food becomes a way to control like how, yes. you, how you look. Yes. And, and so then it becomes this huge stressor when if we shift the script a little bit and think of it as like food is a way to nourish yourself and actually food is a form of self-love. If you come at it from a specific perspective of like, this is nourishment. Um, and so I it just, it's, you know, then it's amazing how in the postpartum period, if 
we can kind of wrap our minds around thinking of every act that we make throughout the day as being a way to love ourselves or our kid or our, you know, uh, just be a little bit intentional. And, and I think a lot of the intention sometimes postpartum can easily be shifted towards being smaller, like being less, getting back to whatever you were before. But like, ultimately we can never be the person we were before we had a kid. Yeah. And I know we need to wrap this up. So this is my final point. If you're, mm-hmm. if you are, <laughs> I have to like so say hard. this out loud so that I don't keep going on. If you are thinking in any way, shape or form that you need to control and restrict your food and just apply more stress to your body in this early postpartum period, let's say the first six months, even let's just keep it at that as like the definition. And you're trying to restrict your calories. Like you are being completely counterproductive to your body. This is the time when you need to overnourish yourself. You need to rest as much as possible. You need to recover as much as possible. That doesn't mean not working out. That means doing intentional working out. That is re-strengthening, re-engaging. That's walking. That's doing, you know, being very intentional with your exercise and your movement so that it get build, you build strength again. That's not tearing down and breaking down. And you need to eat as much as possible. If you do the opposite, you're basically telling your body that it should not heal and that it doesn't have the resources to heal and that it is under stress. And so what does our body do when it's under stress is it holds on to weight, it downregulates metabolism, and stress is a killer. It's a killer to you know, our health and it's a killer to our, our mental and physical health. And it's, it's what really stops us from achieving the things that we want to. So if you think that, well, I just need to restrict my calories more because I haven't lost the quote unquote last 10 pounds. It you're, you're literally working against your body. So yeah, yeah. that's my message to the world. And with that, I will stop talking. (laughs) So good. Well, I, I could talk to you for the rest of the night, but my husband's about to fly to the, or go to the airport to fly to South Korea. That's what we're in for. And I know you, are you solo right now? Oh yeah. Well, he, my husband works late okay. most nights. He closes a lot. He works in retail management. So oh. I'm usually, so that's, yeah, I planned this terribly. I'm so sorry. We had to start late because my kid was all of a sudden just screaming before <laughs> bedtime. And I was like, wait a second, you usually go to bed so easy, but of course the night that I need to record. Right. But, um, and how often it really, and is my husband going to be flying to South Korea on a Tuesday night? Like it's just, Oh South guys. Nonetheless, like, what I is know. that for? That's he's so teaching cool. a CrossFit kids seminar in South Korea. Oh, so he's leaving today because awesome. the time change. And so he's, it's Saturday, Sunday, but then he's home at two 30 on Sunday. So I'm not complaining. Wow. It's just, it's, it's a trip. So this, this week is, a, it's, this is about sums it up. It's a little bit chaotic, but it's also perfect in so many ways. So yeah. One day at a time. That is motherhood. Yep. True. Well, I'm grateful that you came on and that we were able to make this work. And I hope Stella is yeah. snoozing peacefully. Um, is now. Oh, <laughs> uh, where can people find you? I'm sure most of our listeners, if not all, already know you and where to find you. But just in case. Yeah, I I blog sometimes at coconutsandkettlebells.com. I wrote a book, coconutsandkettlebells.com, uh, coconutsandkettlebells, there's no .com in there. Um, and it's a personalized four-week food and fitness plan for long-term health, happiness, and freedom. And it's on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and all that stuff. But, um, you know, nowadays I'm really on Insta. That's really where fun. I do a lot of my chatting and Insta storying and conversing with all the other friends in my life like you. So it's so great. Yeah. And are you going to be doing a tour? I know you had like a big, awesome release party. Are no tour. No tour. 
damn it. No, the inside <laughs> scoop on that, the inside scoop on that is that publishers are like, no, that doesn't sell books. So we're not paying for it. Oh. And I didn't really want to tour and pay for it. And Stephanie didn't want to pay for it either. If it wasn't really going to, I mean, we wanted to, but it would have been such a strain on our yeah. lives. So she's working on a PhD and I have a kid and it would mean my husband would have to take off. And it was just like, it would mean less self-love and self-care. Yeah. <laughs> less self-love. Yes. Yeah. So he okay. said, well, I'll just okay. come to you. Yeah. I'm really excited. I <laughs> gotta hang wait. out. It's going to be and, awesome. And Kristen is not too far away. I know. Um, We're like, but, I'm planning like yeah. a big, like a seriously big summer 2019 yeah. spring summer. So, um, we're going to play in the water and Kristen can watch our daughters while we go. Oh <laughs> gosh. Kristen will be like, what do I do with these two things? So good. That's so good. Yeah, it'll be fun. Okay. Well, thank you so much, friend. I hope you get some rest tonight <laughs> and we're so grateful yeah. that you came on and friends, you can find, um, me at laura.radicalroots on Instagram, jess at jess.holdthespace. You can always email us at modernmamaspodcast at gmail.com. We love you. Thanks for being here and uh, have a good week. I don't know what to say. Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time. Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time. <laughs>